When you think about business competition, where are you focused? Your town, your state, across the country? You need to be concerned with competitors around the world. Welcome to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, you'll hear about the mega trends in global business and how they affect your organization, as well as explore issues, solutions, and some amazing facts about business worldwide. Now, here is your host, Mahesh Joshi. Welcome to the Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Today, I have with me a Mr. Lance Tyson, and uh, he's going to discuss with us probably the most pressing issue of the modern times, how to drive your business during pandemic and in the current uncertainties about future. Lance is the Chief Executive Officer and President of Tyson Group, and he's also an accomplished author. He has published two best-selling books, the first one being Selling is an Away Game, Close Business and Compete in a Complex World. And his second book is Igniting Sales EQ. EQ means Emotional Quotient, Driving Sales Confidence During Uncertainty. Lance Tyson is an authority in the sales world with a passion for developing influential business leaders. Lance has worked with some of the biggest names in sports and entertainment, including the New York Yankees and Dallas Cowboys. Lance began his professional journey working for Dale Carnegie and built the most successful Dale Carnegie operation in North America. After a 15-year run, Lance sold his interest in Dale Carnegie to eventually form a new company, Tyson Group. The focus of the Tyson Group is to diagnose sales teams and propose solutions that deliver results that make sense for the organization's needs. The industry leader in sales training, development, management, Lance Tyson is passionate about sharing his knowledge with others to help them achieve sales success in today's erratic and ever-changing marketplace. He has led countless workshops, trainings, and keynote presentations for audiences of all sizes. Lance's recently published best-selling ebook, Igniting Sales EQ, Emotional Quotient, Driving Sales Confidence, during uncertainty is designed to introduce a tried, tested, and proven process for igniting the sales team's EQ factor, which helps to sell goods and services with consistent success. It is a process that will benefit any high performer, from entrepreneur to sales professional to manager trying to boost team performance and anyone for whom selling is a matter of life and death. The book is a great topic of discussion to help to learn how to navigate the new variables of selling in today's world due to COVID-19. Welcome, Lance. Mahesh, thanks for having me on. Wonderful, Lance. I have gone through two of your books and all the wonderful work you have done, and I'm very keen on your latest book, which I find very intriguing. And uh, what I see, Lance, and, and you and I and the rest of the world we are facing, you all are going through uh, times of, you can call, 
emotional upheavals uh, in the current crisis because it's not one crisis. Multiple crises right. are happening. There's a health crisis, financial crisis. If a business is supply side crisis, demand side crisis. I know today probably we'll be talking about the demand side crisis on the front end. And all the businesses are facing uh, several crises at the same time. I'm so all four, which I said, maybe somebody is seeing more than that. Uh, now, it was never thought of. Nobody thought we could be in this position or in this situation. And out of all the crises, financial, uh, health, uh, demand, supply side, health crisis is very critical, you know, because uh, it, it, it is the employees, it is the team which has to be healthy and safe, then only they can perform. Not only that, in the business cycle, the front and the first contact point of business was a customer connect, which was almost kind of a, uh, I would say, if not everywhere, but predominantly a personal connect, human being to human being. And the crisis hit it pretty hard, right in the gut. And now, first thing was to stop that. So that would hit the psyche, that will hit the mindset. Now, I'm looking especially uh, from, let's say, a salesperson who makes the first connect. Uh, let, I would say wrong uh, if I say, uh, let's say it is always them. The first connect with the customers, if it is through human being, I'm just thinking through what thought process salesperson would be going. And, and how, how would he go and decide what to do to get a sale or to get even a sale started like the prospecting? I'll love your views on it and we'll start our discussion at this point. Yeah, no, it's uh, such a good point. Um, I think number one, as you know, we we deal with a lot of sales leaders, salespeople, frontline salespeople, and one of the things that that we teach, especially around this igniting sales EQ and this emotional quotient, or another way to say it is your ability to control your attitude, is when when you're going into a scenario right now, you're going to have to come to grips with. Um, not saying the you know when things get back to normal. We we are at normal right now. This is the normal. So, you know, wishing, hoping, thinking it's going to go back to how it was. It's it's not. It's it's different. This is the new business reality right now. And the new business reality, if you think about it, you know, pretty simplistically, I'm no psychologist or psychiatrist. Um, I, I do feel strongly, though, you know, with my research on like Maslow's hierarchy of needs that, you know, if you take the first two tiers of Maslow, it's, it's um, survival and safety. And in a lot of business today, you mentioned it with everything that's going on with social injustice, diversity, inclusion, the financial crisis, the uncertainty in the economy, in the pandemic, Um we need to understand that a lot of the people we're talking to are in a survival or safety mode, just in their personal life. It's like you're down in Houston and I'm in Columbus. If if a hurricane hit Houston and there was devastation, I may be able to have some empathy to that. But if I'm in Columbus and I'm not living there, it's, it's hard for me to do that. Um, but right now, this pandemic and everything that's going on is coming across everybody personally and professionally. So the salesperson has to recognize where in, in time, when times are really good, you know, you may have more momentum. You have, may have people that are more responsive. 
in times like this, you have unresponsiveness, people that are stalling, they're acting more conservatively with their money and their decisions because uh, of what's happening. You know, so many companies have been merged and purged and submerged and re-engineered and they've dehired, they laid people off. I think it's one of those things where the salesperson is, I don't know if patience is the right word, but there has to be a recognition that the road is rocky. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, with that said, a salesperson or somebody in business has to understand that you're probably going to be up against longer cycle times. I hope all that makes sense. Well, it does. It does. It does make very, very good sense. Because I think the, the first reaction for any frontline sales guy or any, 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 any company which has uh, the customer contact point is uh, customer visits, the cold call, hot call, all of them put together. Uh, the, the mind will think, what do I do? I know when, when it rolled out, the whole thing started, the lockdowns across the globe started happening, starting from, let's say, Europe in Feb and March. The first thought for sales guys was, what do I do now? And it, it, it suddenly became, uh, it can become a dear in the headlight syndrome that what do I do now? You know, I can't, I can call people, I can't meet. You're so used to it. So your mind responds very differently. You have to think very totally differently, as you rightly said, that there is nothing normal which used to be normal which come back. This is the normal. So so mind has to adjust. There's no doubt. I mean, think about it this way. We had a um we had a major pharmaceutical company reach out to us. Um, and we started to do some work with them. And, you know, so many times I've thought in my life, and I know a lot of salespeople, geez, I'd love to sell pharmaceuticals. What a great job. You go meet with docs, you bring some donuts in and some coffee. And and they reached out to us and said, you know, Lance, we have an issue. And one of our issues is we we our whole process is built on our salespeople being right in front of a doctor. Right. And, and that's where it starts. And I said, well, what's the issue? They said, well, right now with all these protocols, you, if you went to your primary provider, you would see their signs on the doors that sale, you know, pharmaceutical reps aren't even allowed in the door. Any vendor's not. They must schedule a meeting virtually with a doctor. Now, doctors, they've changed the way they do business because they're doing a lot of telemedicine right now because of the pandemic. Well, think about it. Now, that's added a whole different skill set on to what these pharmaceutical reps have been taught to do. They've been taught to deliver concise research, to talk about impact on patients, how good it could be for the provider to recommend some of this stuff. And now they got to think through getting into somebody's office where usually they were able to show up. We had another organization reach out to us, a manufacturer here in Ohio, where you know they have a lot of, um, let's call it 35 and up salespeople that have been used to being on the road. They visit, they're in the pulp, pulp business and they're very used to showing up at a factory and being in front of a buyer. Well, now all of a sudden they have to do what you and I are doing, talk virtually. Well, you think about it, it's almost like when you have to learn something new, right? You, you and, and EQ has a lot to do with your comfort zone also, right? So when you're inside your comfort zone, right? Things come a little bit more naturally where, you know, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. We know what the reaction is going to be. Well, I'm 
teaching my son how to drive, my youngest son how to drive right now, and he was doing maneuverability the other day in three-point turns. Well, it's not natural for him. He has to think about it. He has to look at the mirrors. He stops. He hits the brakes. Well, a lot of these salespeople and business people have to add a new skill set or a new, and a new process by the which to do business. They're, they can't they're so far outside their comfort zone. When you get far outside your comfort zone, you can't put the focus on other people. The focus has to be on you. So that, that causes stress. It causes worry. It causes trepidation, apprehension. Very true. That is very true. And it's tougher to do business. Yeah, yeah. And the way you explained, let's say in the past, you gave a very good example of the pharmaceutical industry. Those guys had such a good kind of muscle memory. They could do all this, reaching out to doctor and everything. So easily, yep, so efficient. Yep. you know, they knew how to make relationship with who to reach doctor and at what time, you know, including the timing. And, yes. and, yes. and what, are, what are the behaviors there of listening to you or what needs to be communicated and how you could plan it. And suddenly... One morning, it just gets switched off on you. you know? So the whole sales mode, everybody has to retrain them mentally how to manage the situation. Now, the, 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 the key question which I was debating in my mind, Lance, was, so let's say here is a, a pharmaceutical company rep. He's trying to do his job the best, which he knew in a way to do it. Now he's, he has to learn the new way. He may get help from the company later on. Some strategies will come, something will come. But beyond that, he has got an emotional turmoil also, which may not allow him to think as clearly because there are many questions working now. He um, himself is under the threat. Like he doesn't know, is he safe or not? Is his environment, he bothers about himself. He is thinking about his family. And plus... If even if you try to go and meet the dogs, that could be the source for you to get sick, you know, and it's so dangerous. It's not an easy disease. So it can take a minute. See, that's where you're hitting right. You're hitting right back on Maslow's hierarchy of needs again, survival and safety. And now, you know, you know what I mean? So that, that, basic psychology, not just how you're going to do business. It's so three dimensional now right? It's, it's personal, your own personal, personal comfort. It's your business survival and safety, your livelihood, right? So, which ties in together. And then the other side, it's, it's, it's very tolling, you know, um, and very taxing. I read something the other day that in Japan, they had the, one of the highest months ever of suicide because of, and, and they linked it to to the pandemic. Now, I don't know how much of that is, is true and how much is linked to the pandemic, but it seems to coincide with what's going on. This whole mental, your, your, it's not IQ, it's EQ, your ability to deal with yourself, your ability to deal with other people. Very true. Because the stress levels, and I also read the news, which you're talking about, the less people died with COVID in Japan and uh, more with suicides. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's just, it's a craziness. And I, I would say, you know, this, Mahesh, this is something that, that's really interesting. We, um, our mission statement at Tyson Group and my company, which is an award-winning sales training company, you know, our mission is to train, coach, and consult with sales leaders and their sales teams to compete. 
the sales leaders that we're talking to, the small business owners we're talking to, the CEOs, they're spending more time in the mental headspace with their people than they ever have before. So, I mean, this is this is very real because it's gobbling and and it's gobbling up or investing resources with how people are dealing with things. There is some mental trauma with this because people yeah. are finding it hard to do their job. And, and across the board, not just sales, it's, it's across the board. Very true. Lance, uh, uh, we will take a short break. It's a very intriguing discussion and we will continue after the break. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey Alexa! Hey Google! Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And uh, I have with me uh, Mr. Lance Tyson, and we are discussing a very intriguing subject and uh, it has got a lot to do uh, with the needs of the modern times where we are going through a lot of uncertainties of the pandemic that how do uh, a, a, started, a person, a salesperson, how does he do his job? It's literally how do you go after what you're supposed to do and say, same applies to entrepreneurs, the companies that what do you do? How do you go to your first contact point? How do you run your business? How do you get the business? Lance, very interesting discussion, the first section. I want to move the discussion to uh, the next step. And uh, I, I would like to kind of get your expert feedback on how should a salesperson or let's say a company or an entrepreneur, uh, what can we do to prepare to face the current times and current times means that you cannot reach people, you cannot meet people, you can reach electronically many other ways. And, uh, and the future is very uncertain. We don't know what's in it for us in future. Today, we know at least that we can't meet people. 
you have to use digital media and all this kind of stuff. Uh, can you throw some light on that? Then how should we prepare? Yeah, you know, I, I think it's a several layer question. So um, we re, we do a lot of work in Major League Baseball, and one of the teams, we, sales teams, we work with is the San Diego Padres. Uh-huh. And one of the things that we've been working on with their with their sales management team, their sales executive team, is redefining culture a little bit. They, you know, a lot of organizations like tech companies and, and fast moving sales organizations have a certain defined culture, especially a culture when everybody's together, right? Where you're in a you're in a you know you're in an office together. There's a lot of camaraderie and stuff. And I think number one really progressive organizations are looking to redefine what their culture is. And then as you redefine what that culture is, not that you get away from, you know, the principles and values that make you successful. I think some of that culture of expectations, what does that look like? You know, so what defines a win yesterday may not define a win today. And so they come down to certain KPIs, right? Your key performance indicators where, you know, we were recently working with top golf, on their, um, which is an organization, you have Top Golf probably down there in Houston, Mahish, and yeah. they they have a, their corporate sponsorship team. You know, as they're looking at deals and things like that, a lot of their deals are fragmented now. So where you in the past a sales organization would say, "All right, well, we'll say appointments are one of the things that um, we'll measure as a KPI, a certain number of appointments." Well, what's happening because of so much Zoom fatigue with with buyers and prospects and customers, you know, maybe some formality of appointments has gone away and, and a lot of the meetings are fragmented. So you look at what you measure and you really got to understand that from a sales management standpoint. So I'm looking at, you know, culture, KPIs um, that that in the past may have made you successful, may not in the future make you successful. And then expectations with salespeople. I think on the other side, as if I'm an individual entrepreneur, I'm starting up my business or I'm scaling up my business, I'm looking at um, expectations might be a little bit different. So for instance, um, when you're looking in the past and you're looking at the cycle time to make a sale, you may need to lower your, your, uh, um, your expectations for speed. You might have to plan out things might take a little longer. Um, there might be have, have to be ways that you create artificial momentum or ways to connect with, with people to keep something as a priority. Um, they're all things that are that are um, you know I was, we were dealing with a uh, a consulting company the other day and and uh, they're in the human capital business and one of the things we were working on with them is you know some of their bigger sales which were well in the six figures, they had to really look at some of their offering and make it a little bit more transactional because that's what people are willing to buy now, which affects profit margins and stuff like that. So it's, so there's a lot, lot to be said to that. Right. And, and, and when you're looking at these expectations and how you plan or how things are set up, you might have to make some exceptions. I by no stretch or am asking people to make exceptions to their ethics and the way they do business and things like that that. But, but I think expectations need to be looked at um, specifically because you may be asking some people to do the impossible in this marketplace. And the marketplace has shifted and the ability to be agile and have multiple strategies is important. 
You're so right. And I will share some personal experience with you. When I started working, I've been doing it for, for many decades, Lance. What, what I, I saw was meeting customers and uh, while in operation meeting suppliers was a trust building exercise. Just meeting, you know, meeting, uh, sitting in a meeting room, meeting uh, personally, one-to-one kind of stuff, you know, that you met each other, you figured out a few things and a mutual trust used to brew there. It used to take some time. But for true, but for new new environment, which which you and I both absolutely agree that what is the future of it, that would become a little bit tough for 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 the organizations. So now probably uh, we may have to think about uh, prepare doing something different to create that uh, trust when you cannot meet. You know, eyeball to eyeball at times it's easy. I don't know how easy it is on Zoom. There may be some study which will come out shortly. That uh, uh, is it is it more effective to build trust on Zoom or video calls or is it in person? And this is human psychology. Like people want to interact with each other. That could right. be a major drawback. I shouldn't be using that harsh drawback. That could be something which everybody will have to need to think through. That those starting points of building relationship. Uh, starting point of relationship, uh, the, the human relationship, building into business relationship, then continuing forever. Like for some salesmen, some of the companies have lifelong relationship. When I say that means long term, uh, you have to be behaved. You have to be having good customer connect and you're, you're being responsive. You're taking care of customers. Now the first step itself, you know, the customer habits would have also changed. Sure. Sorry, go ahead, please. If you think about what you're saying, um, just just look. People buy from people they like, and if you're if you're face to face and human to human, which which is key, that builds a lot of trust, and, it, and it's very forgiving. Also, I mean, I I can make a lot of mistakes if I'm face to face with somebody, and it's it, it's very forgiving. All of a sudden, now I have to go through some kind of technology. Um, how do I facilitate a conversation? We're having a lot of we're, we're having a lot of coaching calls with, with leaders and salespeople now just on how to facilitate a meeting on Zoom. Like how, how awkward is it if I'm on camera and you're not? I mean, how do you handle that? And now, look, bottom line is it's safe to say that you would build way more trust on a video conference call than you would on a phone call, right? But, it, but it's not the 360 that you get when you're face-to-face. And a lot of organizations have to realize, and a lot of salespeople have to realize, nobody's going to turn a switch on in the next six or seven months, and all of a sudden, people are going to feel comfortable going face-to-face again. Mm-hmm. It's, you're going to have a lot of folks that, that are still not comfortable. And there's also the convenience factor. I mean, I've talked to a lot of executives that have said, geez, why fly to Los Angeles for a meeting when I can just hop on a Zoom call? Good point. Right. So, 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 so there is not going to be this, and we keep telling, there's not going to be this turn back to normal. This is normal now. This is the normal. It's not going back. It's just like after the financial crisis and, you know, 2007, eight, nine, it was different then. It, it became very different how you did business and it's going to be different again. And this is the new business reality. 
that is very true so i think this will be the biggest challenge we uh, uh, in the business will face and 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 will continuously see guidance from experts like you and i don't blame the guys who came to you for advice on a zoom call how to start a zoom call and i i am thinking about it when you're talking about it that uh i do a lot of business in zoom or microsoft teams and it is almost like out of 10 to lots we work in a day it could be 6 to 8 hours at times but how do you create that feeling of trust and second very valid point which i would like to emphasize for our uh, listeners that you 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 made a very profound statement that a video call probably will build more trust and i have seen myself this i've experienced it that when people are on video your behavior is different and your commitment to the meeting is very different and it's true if you have 10 very true i've seen if you have 10 people on line and only two are on video conference and eight are not you your mind is kind of wavering why others are not you know <laughs> and and that that subtle that subconscious mind says that listen what's happening why why few people are on on video call and and you 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 get into a little bit of zone of comfort with the person who is on the video call like you that's that's very true and that's a very very fine statement you made to be very frank lance i was experiencing it but i was not thinking what you just said well you know and it's and it makes it you that means you got to really think about and if you think about this when you're when you're giving advice to anybody or selling an idea or conceptually trying to sell something mm-hmm. you know there's three things happening at once one you have to show an understanding of other people and that's kind of the eq but then there's the if you think about it as a triangle right and i actually have this in both my books and it's a very simple equilateral triangle it's it, mm-hmm. it's rapport it's um understanding and it's credibility right so I'm not big on the word relationship. I think relationships an outcome. Okay, so I think a relationship happens because of time, because of experience together. I actually think the opportune word is rapport. I can go through a Wendy's drive-through window or a Starbucks drive-through window and develop rapport with somebody pretty instantly, or not. Then I think I think credibility is important, right? Credibility yields trust. Rapport yields influence. Credibility yields trust. and that is how you present yourself how you deliver information um how you engage with people how you facilitate and then a level of understanding is being able to be a connector and talk more in the other person's interest and i think when those three things come in equilateral balance you win i think the credibility piece is is the skill set that's underneath that or would be embedded in that would be would be facilitating I see very I see really strong communicators who build credibility it's because they can facilitate a meeting really well they can handle the meeting they can, they can say to somebody like you said like on a Microsoft Teams call hey would everybody mind getting on the camera real quick just so we can introduce ourselves and say hey and and look each other in the eye real quick you got to be able to pull that off to pull that off well you know what I mean and it's it's that's an awkward suggestion i've had i've had multiple execs and sales people say lance that just feels awkward i go i understand it feels awkward i mean i do a lot of working out like um when i sit on my peloton bike for an hour it feels awkward over time it doesn't mean it's bad 
Mm-hmm. Awkward doesn't always mean bad, right? right? And sometimes, so I think that that becomes important. But all these things, right, tie into the concept of EQ, tie into the concept of being able to sell yourself. That is the most valid point. And that's what intrigued me to your book about the EQ. Because you, 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 you made those very powerful statements. There's a difference between building a rapport and building credibility. And, 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 and there's a lot of different things you have to do to build that credibility and trust where there should be action, repeatability, consistency, quality, all of it shows up there. So Lance, you're having phenomenal discussions. We'll take a quick short break and we'll continue our discussions after this break. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You are listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. And I have with me Mr. Lance Tyson. Uh, very interesting discussions, Lance. Enjoying uh, uh, listening to you about the sales EQ and how it will be very, very critical in the current times when face-to-face availability is very little. Uh, you're talking about credibility, trust, and how by going through video instead of audio, we can take a, a little bit of those elements back into discussions with people. Can we continue on that, on that, that sales EQ piece which you're explaining so well? Yeah, you know, so, so what we mentioned in, in the last segment was your ability to build rapport and credibility and understanding. And, and when you're talking about EQ, um, you're, really, you're really looking at some factors that, that drive the concept of EQ. And it's a choice you make around several things. And, and one is your own self-awareness. So, um, and it's your ability to, you know, your ability to recognize your own emotion and efforts, right? And then, and then it's easier to become cognizant of others, right? And then display a self-confidence. 
confidence, right? People want to do business with, they, you know, study after study has been done where, you know, I think the first time I ever read the concept was, you know, um, when I started to read the book, How to Win Friends and Invisible People by Dale Carnegie, I started to realize that you win friends, right? Mm-hmm. Then you influence people. Um, I think I think uh, Mark McCormick said in his book, What They Don't Teach at the Harvard Business School, if all things were equal, people would buy from people they liked. If all things weren't so equal, they'd still buy from people they liked, right? Um, so, right? So, so I, think, I think, though, that self-awareness also yields confidence. And I think when people feel that you're confident in what you're doing, right? So, you know, if you look at... Um, you know, we've dealt with a lot of startups over the years. And, and when you look at organizations, you know, entrepreneurs that are looking to get seed money or, or equity investment in their, in their business, you know, you hear time after time after time in Silicon Valley, a lot of these investment bankers are making, or these equity investors are buying the person, they're buying their confidence. So I think that's the first, that self-awareness piece. And if you're self-aware that you have that confidence that allows you to kind of focus on other people. And then that self-regulation. I mean, nobody likes somebody who's erratic. Nobody's, you know, we're not comfortable with that. We want a calming effect. We want people that, that, you know, have some kind of self-control and, and, and they're conscientious and, and being adaptable. Right. I mean, think about now just that self-regulation, how frustrating some of these conversations are. I mean, I can remember at the beginning of the uh, pandemic, Mahesh, where um, my, my sons had come back from college because they were closing everything down and we didn't, you know, we weren't working out of the office and we're trying to run meetings like this and we didn't realize that we didn't have enough internet bandwidth. I'd been on, I was on more conversations where I got, was, I was running meetings or training or conversations. I'd get kicked out. Boy, there are so many times I'd get back red faced and, and really ticked off, but people don't want to see that because that damages your credibility. It damages your rapport, right? Uh, motivation, you know, that achievement drive, that, that ambition that you have, that's, that's another thing that, that dictates your, you know, emotional quotient, then the word empathy. And I think the word empathy comes in so many, so many different um, contexts. You know, it would be, it would be hard for me to say I'm empathetic with a 30 year old um, um, or mid 30 year old female. Like I've had two on staff this year that both are trying to manage their career, sell in a pandemic and both gave birth. I, I, I can't say I'm empathetic to giving birth. I mean, my wife has given birth. I've never given birth, though. Um, I can be empathetic, though, with feeling stressed or worried or out of sorts. I can be empathetic with those feelings, but not giving birth. Um, I think, though, with empathy comes another layer, and it's more primal layer. It's, you know, being sympathetic to other people's ideas or desires. And, and empathetic sometimes being a good listener and understanding that you should be able to be sympathetic that somebody, and I use that word specifically with empathy, that you should seek the opinions of other people and understand that they've given birth to those opinions. So understanding or the sympathy that people have ideas, I think that ties into the empathy. And then your social skills, interpersonal skills, you know, people like there are those, those factors that really kind of dictate, and I don't care if you're in the boardroom, if you're running a fortune 500 or, or, you're trying to manage a client relationship or a project. There are all things that are important. That is very true. That is very true. I, and, 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 and no doubt this EQ thing 
is very important than anything else. And uh, that's what I was thinking. Let's say the way you and I are dealing nowadays in business using Zoom and all this uh, our digital era uh, techniques to connect with people, conduct the business, and then uh, in the marketplace, uh, the virtual selling, or you can say uh, uh, the digital platform selling that has come in. What would be the role of EQ there? Because it will be needed there, definitely. But it will be conveying differently, connecting differently, getting it done differently. Yeah. So, so can you rephrase the question? I want to make sure I understand the, the comment you want to make. I just kind of, um, you got to do things differently, which, which what I'm hearing, like when, when I think of that, that, that automatically change causes you to be outside your comfort zone, which affects your EQ, right? Exactly. So now exactly. expectation. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, that's the, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, Mohish, right? Like if, if I have to, if you're asking me to change, right? Like I'll, I'll put it to you this way. Here's an example. So uh, I have a, a woman on my team. Her name is Jessica. She's been with my organization for 10 plus years. She started with us as an intern or, or excuse me, fresh out of college. She has moved her way up through the organization to become um, a, a force in our organization. She has done many things and she's a vice president for us. And she came back from maternity leave in June. And we had to have a conversation. And I said, you know, Jessica, what's made you successful, you're going to have a lot of trouble um, with how you you've done things and what you've counted on. And she goes, what do you mean? And we went through it and we talked about how she has to meet with people now and how sales processes are elongated and some of the things that she wasn't as good at, like prospecting to go get new business where she was more of a referral machine. <coughs> Excuse me. She was going to have to go out and spend more time doing that. And, and that part of the business takes a lot of energy. And Jessica sometimes, and I know through the years and through a lot of the profiles we've done on her or assessments we've done, you know, there's certain times during the day, Jessica has very low energy. And, you know, this is, you know, the biometric is something that, that we both know. And, and what she's being asked to do is harder. So she's really had to readjust, which I'm sure along with, you know, growing your family, coming back from maternity in the middle of a pandemic, and then her, us asking her to change how she does some things to maintain certain performance. And on top of that, I've had to adjust her KPIs with what I expect from the job now because it's different. I'm sure there's a lot of stress there. Um, and then I have to, as a leader, I have to adjust my communication style. I have to adjust my expectations. And, you know, you're constantly weighing out. Do you, you know, what do you need? Is it ship or crew? What's more important? Well, the ship needs to be taken care of also, right? The business is its own organism, needs a certain amount of fuel, needs a certain amount of things. So like, it's, it's, it's stressful. It's stressful. It's not, it's not what, it, well, and, and the stress affects your EQ. Correct. Because you can't think clearly. And if it is one event itself, it could be health event or something, and you give a brilliant example where, uh, where there is something new has evolved in your life that there's one more family member which you have to take care of, and which depends on you, your job, the way you're doing it, and now the economy has collapsed around you means 
less opportunities in the market. Plus, the way you knew how to succeed probably is no more available. This is the example you gave is brilliant. But probably I'll tell you, a lot of people will be going through it. And I would say a lot of people mostly will be going through it. This is a real life situation which you have simplified and communicated so well with this one example. Because well, you did the other thing. Yeah, sorry. The other thing that's I wanted to no, I want to interrupt there. The other thing that's so critical as for a leader, mm-hmm. you're going to start to realize, and this is not in Jessica's case, she's adapted. There are some people that are not willing to adapt. Okay, that that's an issue. There are some people though who aren't going to be able to do the job because it's outside the wheelhouse. Not everything is coachable or tra- trainable, especially in sales. Yeah. You know, I, I believe for the most part, salespeople are built. I believe leaders are built. I believe, you know, business, um, salespeople are built. But some things I can't train on or we can't develop. And if the will's not there, so that causes frustration also. And I know a lot of sales leaders and business people that had to make a lot of tough decisions during the pandemic, not because they didn't care about people, because they knew what their business needed. And you know, that's why there's so many layoffs. That's why there are, because, you know, not everything's the big bad wolf that, that people were trying to, you know, get rid of people. Some of it's out of necessity. Some of it's out of skill set. Can the person do the job that we're asking them to do? Do we need a job anymore? No, that, that's very true. That's very well said. Because if you look at the sales leader or the organizational leader has to adjust how their organization will sell because what you're facing is new customer habits because they can't meet you and they don't have that kind of time. Trying economic times for both of us is trying time for the buyer, trying time for the seller. And now if you look at it, the, another technology thing which came in that the whole globe has come to the digital inflection point. Suddenly, which was moving slow or coming, not, I wouldn't say slow, that's, that's not the right word. It was already progressing very well. The, the digital piece just coming in, suddenly it got accelerated so fast. So whether, and you're not left with any choice, whether you want to go there or not, you have to, you know. That was, that is the only way left in front of us. And, and everything or most of it, I would say we have to do is remote. As you give the example, when I get into flight, that's a positive side of it. When I can get into Zoom or MS Teams or whatever it is, then I can take care of it. So, uh, Lance will take a short break and we will continue our discussion after the break. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. For the past two years, Global Business with Mahesh Joshi has been a top-rated program on the Voice America Business Channel. Now, with its popularity growing, he has converted many of the concepts discussed on the show into an easy-to-read book from Oxford University Press, one of the top publishers in the world. Place your order for the book, Global Business, at mkjgb.com. Act now, and as a special offer, you'll receive a signed copy of the book by the author, Mahesh Joshi. Order today at mkjgb.com. Hello. 
This is Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. To reach the program, please call in to 1-866-472-5790. That's worldwide access to 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to maheshjoshi.82 at gmail.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back. You're listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. Uh, very enjoyable and intriguing discussion, Lance. Uh, great, great piece of knowledge, EQ, sales EQ, technology, crisis, everything coming into play and, and how to stabilize your mind and uh, align your skill set with the new realities. Excellent. So we were talking about the emotional EQ and and how the various pieces are playing today when we have economic times, are very trying, the customer habits have changed, everything has gone remote. And, and that's the situation we are facing where the organizations and where uh, uh, the salesmen have to change the mindset uh, to still remain successful and beyond that relevant because if you cannot adjust, uh, you can become irrelevant. And uh, uh, there was, the, the, the way I was looking at it, that yes, there's a lot of uncertainty, but th- th- there are a lot of good things have also happened, if, if, if you so-call, like digital thing. There's an acceleration in some of the trends. So the tech-enabled selling, which was earlier coming, e-commerce, you know, which needs a very different behavior, uh, to be very frank, I, I remember when you're selling, you have an inside sales in some organization, not everywhere, depending on the product line. All these structures started changing. And then it became tech-enabled selling, e-commerce, and all this kind of stuff. And and the only channel selling kind of stuff also. There are multiple channels. You're selling, your salesman is also visiting, you have a website also, you have created uh, uh, what you call your own store also, and uh, you may even be selling on Amazon also. Everything is open to you now. And, and everybody has been trying what all can be done. Now, few things which you have seen, which has been seen in the industry. You gave a very good example of pharmaceutical industry where uh, the reps are finding it difficult to align with the doctors or take the new innovations to them. But there was some some data which came up that there's some industries uh, which were seeing increased spend, you know, and some are not, like travel and energy and materials you know, the, the hard materials, they, they saw a, a slowdown. When I say slowdown means decrease in spend. I'm going from the salesman's point of view, that they're not spending. But the pharmaceutical, medical products, technology, because you needed pharma, you needed medical product, because it's a medical emergency in a way, global emergency. And then the technology, how to connect with each other without that, that's, that uh, showed a, a little bit increase in spend. And uh, keeping that in mind, some of the industries may would have found that shift uh, driving them to adapt quicker to the new ways of connecting and, 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 and adjusting their EQ because they were at least seeing some results in the industries where the spend was there. But whereas in some of the industries that travel global energy and the materials and all, where, uh, where the spend was less, these salesmen or the, or the front-end people may get 
uh, uh, get a feeling of being a little bit low that despite they're trying, trying to change, but the spend itself is not there. So now also they have to keep mentally strong and then they have to decide how to fight it hard because there are limited business available. And same thing has happened uh, in countries also. I'm just trying to, uh, to get a grip of it. Some industries increase spend, some less spend. So, so the salesmen will, will see different uh, uh, kind of behaviors there. Some countries have seen different. The, the spend rate uh, which came up in US after the decrease started increasing at least faster than Europe, if you look at it. And uh, if you see uh, some of the countries where the government pushed for uh, high rate or increase or, or, or maintaining the spend, China was number one, although they started in November after that. And second, were another largest uh, fast growing economy, India, these two came in. So a little bit different behaviors there. So a salesman handling a product in different geographies may face a different, you know, emotional upheaval. <laughs> uh, some may feel good <laughs> if they're in the best of it where the spend had gone down, but it's coming up fast and they're in the right industry. Others are not. So it looks like in the current times, uh, as you rightly indicated in an earlier piece, when you're talking about the, the medical guys and talking on, on Zoom and all that, so I think the behavior of salesmen and the thought process basis industry geography will be varying a lot. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think from a macro standpoint, there's all kinds of trends. As you take those macro, like you were talking about, you know, with countries and economies and stuff like that, and you start being, you know, you get wide from a macro and you start getting more micro. I, I think it's, I think you start to have the haves and have nots, right? So for instance, um, and I can just speak from, from our perspective and, and then ultimately how it affects the individual. Number one, I would, I, I'm always careful with headlines because they, it's, it's like we talked about before, yeah. you know, um, when we first started, I actually had COVID, my wife had COVID and I was probably in the worst EQ or mental health space I could ever be in because everything you're reading from a macro standpoint, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a live watch, it's a death watch. So they only talk about how many people died, not how many people lived. If you inverted the numbers, you start looking for some hope. So, so when you're looking at economies and how well or, or, or countries are doing and economies are doing, then you start looking at industries, right? What industries are doing well. Now, for instance, um, at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, people couldn't find toilet paper. Paper. Well, one of the one of the uh, industries that we started to do business with in was the pulp industry. Well, we thought that you know they should be taking orders and stuff like that, but their salespeople didn't even know how to sell because they couldn't go on site and just do it. Um, another example is you think the logistics industry was doing well, and and it is. But then I was talking to a, a fast growing digital logistics organization, and who we've done we've done negotiation work with in the past. And I was talking to their CEO and he goes, Lance, you know, our biggest issue is not whether we're doing well, it's it's the cycle times on our accounts receivable. Ah. I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, he goes, our cycle times have now gone from 60 days to 90 plus days because a lot of the other industries we're doing business with are struggling. So it's like a little bit of a domino effect, right? So I can speak in our own industry. We're um, Tyson Group is ranked as a, 
a top 20 sales training organization by several outside, you know, outside organizations. Selling Power says we are a training industry. And I'm not giving a plug for for the organization, but we had to we had to go from about 60 instructor-led live hours a month where we were on site with, you know, 10 or so of our instructors to changing from the, when the pandemic started to 900 hours of virtual training. We had to convert ourselves into more of an online training company and deliver that content virtually. And, and, and um, we, we do a ton in sports and entertainment. So I would tell you, you, you name the, you name the casino in Vegas or you name the, um, pro sports team. And, you know, we were talking about this, like, um, in the area you're in Mahesh, you're in, you're in Houston. Well, two of our really good customers, one's in the NFL, um, which is the Houston Texans. Well, they've had to change their model where, you know, for instance, you know, you're only allowed a certain number of people in that stadium. Well, they, they had thought, geez, and most NFL teams and lot of sporting teams have thought, well, okay, well, we can't, it would be easy. We're only allowed 15,000 people. We should be able to easily get that because we typically have, you know, 60 or 70,000 people in it. But they're also finding out that a lot of people don't want to go. And why don't yeah. they want to go? Well, because they're uncomfortable. It goes back to that concept before. They're just not comfortable doing it. But then, but then you're seeing other weird things where Top Golf as a customer, they, they, everybody wants to do that from a personal level. So, is that a corporate hospitality play? Is that an individual play? It's it's very confusing. It's very. Um, so, I think there's the haves and have-nots. Uh-huh. I, I would say, and then there's organizations that would seem to be doing well, but maybe they're not. But I I think that the whole whole point is it's almost uh, the analogy I use. It's like you're standing on tectonic plates and they're shifting the whole time. You're you're kind of shifting back and forth in your business and you as a salesperson or leader, you need to, you need to be very agile. You need to be, you need to have a strong core because it's moving. It's like being on the, uh, on the deck of a ship that's moving in in rough water. You got to keep your balance. Perfect. We've come to the end of our program, but I don't want to close it without knowing uh, some of the important stuff I saw in your book. Can you can you share with us what is exact sales system? You talked about sports teams. Yeah, so you mean you mean four sports are our, our system? Yes. Our system. Yeah. So our, our system is um, we teach a and we train and we blueprint on a, a system that's seven steps. Mm-hmm where you have to go get new business, which is prospecting. And then we follow after that a process that's called connect for close, where after you identify a target, you have to connect with, a, with that target, plug in, win time, get into a situation where you can evaluate. Mm-hmm. And it's like a doctor, right? Evaluate, diagnose, right? Because once you're, if you go to a doctor's office, they're going to look at it as a well visit or a sick visit and they make a diagnosis which is their best guess to, to what they think. And they prescribe something. They prescribe a solution. They prescribe an opportunity. They prescribe something. And then you dialogue about that prescription and then, and then there's a close. That's our system. And so um, inside sports, they, they're doing that a lot or entertainment where if you're buying naming rights for the stadium, they're bringing you through that. If you're going to buy a suite for a game, you're probably a corporate ent- entity and, and they apply our system 
to, to their business issue. Oh, wonderful. Well, Lance, uh, the time flew by. Great discussing with you. Uh, you know, Very much. Just, thank yeah, you. End of the program. So thank you so much. Great discussion. I think this is the time for all the organizations to build their sales EQ. And uh, we can easily find reading in your book, Igniting Sales EQ. And that's what is the need yes. of the hour. So really appreciate for writing such a nice book and also be on the program today to share uh, all the wisdom uh, which can be uh, used by our listeners too. So thank you so much. Thank you. Appreciate it. You've been listening to Global Business with Mahesh Joshi. We hope you'll tune in for another edition of the program next Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a good week.